Is anybody enjoying this series so far? Anybody enjoying looking at who we are called to be as followers of Jesus? I know I am. It's been challenging. It's been encouraging. And I pray that this morning is the same thing. We're talking about excellence. And that is a word that not many people like to use because that means you have to work at it, right? You have to work harder. You have to do more. You have to be better. And sometimes we don't like to do that. But here at Oasis Church, we truly believe that when we are giving our best, when we're doing what we're called to do, no matter where it is, no matter what it is, God is always going to be glorified and he is going to receive the honor and he's always going to provide what we need. Amen. It's not just that we're going to give it all to him and we'll be empty. No, he's going to provide. He's going to pour out his spirit on us and give us the strength to continue to pursue, to push forward. So let's open up our Bibles to the, the book of Colossians. Now, the book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul. And here in, in this, this passage, uh, Paul is, is speaking to the church. He's writing this letter because in the, the city of Colossae, or Colossae, there, there are some worldly ideas, worldly thoughts that are seeping into the church. And so he writes this, this letter to them to say, basically, stop listening to them. This is how it is. This is what Jesus calls us to. This is who Jesus is. And if anybody is saying anything else, they're wrong. And so he writes this, this letter to them. So we are going to be in Colossians 3. When you are there, can you say, I'm there? there. You're there? Are you sure? There. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation because I like living. And it's good. It's a good translation. If you, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to do it. It's very, very easy to read. It's easy on the eyes, so to speak. So we're going to start in verse 22. It says this, slaves, whoa, as, there we go. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray this morning. Jesus we worship you. Thank you that we can sing songs of praise to you because you are worthy. There is no one like you, God. So I pray that you would have your way this morning. Would you pour out your spirit in this place, God? Thank you for the sweet spirit that is already here. God, anoint this word. God, let it be your words and not my own. God, empty me and pour out your spirit this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. So I went to, uh, I went to a college down in, in Florida called Southeastern University. It is a Christian college, and I graduated with a degree in church ministries. So that means I had to take a lot of Bible classes. And the first class that I, I truly felt like my, my calling into ministry was questioned was this, this class called hermeneutics. Now, if you've ever heard of the word hermeneutics, what that means is basically learning how to interpret the Bible. 
And so in this class, there was only one professor that taught it. And it was the professor that no one wanted. I think they did it on purpose. But he was so smart, like beyond smart. He was too smart, and everybody was always confused in his classes. But part of this class, you had to write what is called an exegetical paper. And what that means is instead of looking at the topic, the topical aspect of scripture, you're diving in, you're looking at the themes, you're looking at the context, you're looking at the history of the passage, whatever it is you're doing, and you're, you're digging it out and you're writing about it and you're putting it to paper. And so I got my, my passage, I was assigned it, which was really annoying because I wanted to do something else, but I got it and it was great, I was excited. And I learned that my, one of my best friends he took the same class the year before, and he's smarter than me, he works harder than me, he's just better than me in just about every way, and he did not do well on this paper. And I was like, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be just down in the dumps, I'm not gonna succeed, I'm gonna get a bad grade, it's not gonna be good. And so I spent weeks upon weeks upon weeks in the library researching and just checking out book after book after book, diving into this passage. It was Ephesians 5, 1 through 6. If you haven't read it, it's really good. And I'm, I'm so excited about this paper, but I'm also dreading turning it in because I know I'm not going to do well because this professor is really tough. And so I turn the paper in, and it takes him like a month and a half to grade these papers. Now, I'm already anxious, and then I have to wait a month and a half. You know, the Lord teaches you in, in many different ways. So patience was one of them in that moment. But finally, he says, you will be receiving your papers on Wednesday. Make sure that you're here. And so we get there. We're, we're ready. We're anticipating just negative because that's just how he is. That's how he was. And so he comes up to me and he goes, all right, Mr. Wolf. He called me Mr. Wolf. Don't know why. Mr. Wolf, I'd like to see you when class ends. And I was like, oh, no. No, I, I worked so hard. What did I do? Did I plagiarize accidentally? Like, am, did I fail? And so I was really, really upset. And he, he comes up to me after class and he's like, here's your paper. And on it was the, the grade, 99. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, uh, you, you, you did so well. This is one of the best papers I've ever read. Can I actually use this as an example for all of my classes after this? And I was like... Okay, great. What? And so I ran to, the, to my, my room, and I showed my friend. He was really upset, but it was awesome. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I put in all of this effort. I worked so hard, and I was rewarded for the effort that I put into it. But how many of you guys know that that doesn't always happen in this world, right? We put forth so much effort. We do everything that we can to the best of our ability, and sometimes in the eyes of people, we just we fall short, right? It, it just happens. This passage, it's powerful. It's powerful. And so many people read it and they're immediately turned off because the word slave is used. But let's dive in. Before we, we turn our, our ears off, before we step away and say, I, I didn't get anything from that message, let's look at what this passage truly is talking about. See, the word slave here it doesn't mean slave in the context that we think it is in our culture. Slave meant bond servant. And so what that was, it was a person who was a part of a household who was literally just serving 
to pay off a debt or to work for their freedom. So there was always an end goal. It wasn't like they were there because they had to be. It was because they were trying to work towards being free. They were working for something to receive at the end. So if they had to pay them back, they worked for it. If they were part of that slavery family, they worked for seven years until they were free. And so it wasn't like we look at slavery and say, oh, the Bible, it just talks about this, and so we, we have to be a part of it. No, no, no. These, these people weren't looked at as slaves, but their service was looked at as servants. They were serving their masters. They were serving the house that they were in until they were able to go off on their own. Oftentimes, the pe- people get the impression that the Bible encourages slavery when, in fact, all it encourages is paying off debts. And that will preach in itself because how many know that we need to be faithful in, that, in those situations where we're going forth, we're saying, I owe you. Here, here's what I, I, I owe you. Here's my debt that is paid because we have to do that. How many of you know that God had a debt with us? We had to, we had to pay him and he sent his son in our place, Amen. Now, Paul, he's calling these people, he's calling these servants to be faithful in what they're doing, not because of who they're serving, not because of their masters, not because of the house that they're in, but because they are servants of Jesus Christ. It had nothing to do with where they were at. It had nothing to do with how they were being treated, but it was all about the fact that Jesus was their Lord, and they were going to give everything to him. In all honesty, in culture today, this passage, it goes most along with an employer to an employee. Because in the same way, sometimes we have contracts, right, in our job, in our workplace, and we have to do certain things. We have to work up to certain things, certain points. And so this, this had nothing to do with someone owning someone, but it was them basically just working for them. And in the world today, what is that? That is literally every single day for us, where we're working for someone. If you are the person who's worked for, bless you, you got there, way to go. But for all of us, we're not there. And so we have to work hard. We have to put in the effort because there is someone above us that we have to report to. The main truth of this entire passage has nothing to do with being a slave, but it is a call to live out every aspect of life, regardless of what that means and where it is, in complete excellence, knowing that you are living for God and not for people. Now, does anyone, anyone know a, a people pleaser? Do you have a friend who's a people pleaser? Are you a people pleaser? I know I am. And, you know, Pastor JP, he has counseling moments, so I guess I'll, I'll have one with you as well. Uh, I, I like to please people sometimes. And it's at work. Um, I work at Mariano's, and there are like 75 different managers. And I'm not even kidding. Like, I will literally stand there and do nothing at certain points until they walk by. And then I start doing my job really well. And then I realize, like... What am I doing? What are they gonna what are they gonna say? Hey, way to do your job. 
No, they don't care. They just want to make sure I'm doing my job. It's not like I'm going to get rewarded for that. And I have to have a moment every single day where I say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for for working for their eyes and not yours. Forgive me for trying to to get to a place where they look at me with favor when the only favor that matters is yours. And so I have to commit every day just purely to honor my Heavenly Father, where I say, you know what? I'm going to give my everything for my king, not my boss. It's not about my boss because at the end of the day, their opinion of me doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. The only opinion of me that matters is the fact that I am God's, that I am his, that I get to live my life for him. And this passage isn't just for slaves. The, the world that we live in, history, shows that it's pointed just at slaves. But it's not because it very clearly states in 4.1 that it's for the masters as well to treat them justly and fairly. And that's why so much evil has taken place because we've taken so much of this scripture out of context. That's not what we're doing here at Oasis. We are looking at this fully. We're exegeting this passage because it's good. It's powerful. It's something that we can take hold of every single day and run with. And so regardless of the role that you you have, whether you're a, a master or a servant in this story, We're called to live our lives for Jesus because Jesus is the only one that we can truly serve because he is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess to him. There's no one like him. There's no one beside him. When we are giving our lives in excellence, when we are doing everything in excellence instead of people-pleasing, life gets so much easier. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Life gets easier. And here's why. Because when we are living for an audience of one, an audience that we can't disappoint, no matter how much we mess up, it's easy. It's stress-free knowing that God loves us so much that regardless of how many times we mess up, if we don't do it well enough according to the people around us, if we're giving everything in that situation, God says, well done, because I see you. I see you working hard. I see you putting forth your best effort. I don't care if they don't think you did a good job. In my eyes, you did, because you're my child, and I love you. How different would our life be if we woke up every single day and said, God, I'm, I'm going to live for you and only you. I'm going to honor you in, in all that I say, all that I do. I'm going to give excellence whether or not it reaches the goal of the people around me. I'm going to stand firm on your promises knowing that the reward that I have comes from heaven, not from the people around me. When we live every day, every single day, to honor God, nothing can shake us. Nothing. Because people can throw all they want at us, but if it's the kingdom of heaven that is in our mind, that that we're focusing on, nothing else matters. Because 
In reality, when the kingdom of heaven is our mindset, then we're automatically going to be living our lives the way that Christ had planned for us, the way that he created us to be, because that is who we are as followers of Jesus. And now I do, I do need to say this because it's really important. Because we're, we're living for, for Jesus, that doesn't mean that we don't have to respect and honor and obey the people that are placed in authority, right? We, we still have to honor our bosses. You can't walk into work and be like, I'm a, I'm a child of God, so you're not the boss of me. No, you're still the boss, and they can still fire you, right? They are still in charge of wherever you're at. But, really important, you just can't be doing illegal things for them, all right? We always have to make sure that this is our foundation and not what that person says. And if that is the case, maybe that's not where you're supposed to be, amen? And it's not just in our actions. It's not just in the, the effort that we put forth, but it's in our words and it's in our thoughts. Because if our thoughts are negative, our thoughts are demeaning, our thoughts are selfish, are we truly giving excellence? No, no. Philippians 4.8 says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. I think that's really important that he says that because he's concluding on this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When our thoughts are excellent, when our words are excellent, our actions, by default, are going to be excellent. Because what goes in, goes out, right? What comes in, comes out. And now you might be saying, well, Zach, you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand what I have to deal with at work. You don't, you don't know who I work for. It's way too difficult. Well, let me tell you this. God will never give you anything that you can't handle. That's scriptural. God will never put something in your path that you can't handle. Maybe it's that situation where you need to be Jesus the most, where you need to live out your life in the eyes of those people saying, God is going to be honored. I am going to give everything that I have because it doesn't matter what the people around me are saying, what they think about me. Jesus is the most important. Jesus is everything. And so we're going to have three points this morning and we're going to get out of here. Are you encouraged this morning? Are you ready? Ashley's ready. Are you ready, church? <laughs> Number one, living a life of excellence requires a heavenly mindset. There is nothing more fulfilling than realizing that the world has nothing to offer. And the greatest hope that we could ever receive, it comes from above and not around us. When we go into every single day saying, it doesn't matter what I'm going to get out of today because my gift, my reward is in heaven, then we are going to be confident, we are going to be bold, and we are always going to be fulfilled in everything that we do. It brings us to a point of freedom, knowing that regardless of what comes our way, regardless of the way that people treat us, this life is not our own, and Jesus has overcome all of that stuff that is thrown our way because we can move forward. We can go forward chasing after the things of God. 
We have an inheritance waiting for us in heaven. That's crazy to think about, that we could receive zilch on this earth, but because of the gift that God has given us in his son, Jesus Christ, we always have enough. And now, I know we, we enjoy getting that, that check, right? After we, we work hard, we had a good two weeks, and we put in the effort. We got a couple bonuses that week. I don't know, wh- whatever you get. We, we enjoy getting that. That's great. But nothing compares to the gift that's waiting for us when we get to heaven. When we have that heavenly mindset, chasing after Jesus. And now, let me, let me just make something clear. All of these things that I'm talking about, the effort that I'm talking about to, as a follower of Christ, that doesn't get you into heaven. That's not how that works. There's only one way into heaven, and that's by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Because he died on a cross for our sins so that we could have the chance. That's it. But I don't know about you. I don't want to crawl into heaven, right? I don't want to accept Jesus and then just be the same. That's not who I want to be. I want to be someone who strives, who's running the race, who, when I get to heaven, I can say, God, I'm ready. I'm excited. Not, yay, woo, heaven. No, I'm I'm ready to be with my Savior. And so I'm going to work at that. I'm going to do everything that I can to bring honor and glory to his name. When we receive that grace... We're no longer just uh, another person on this earth. We're no, no longer just another, another bystander, but we are now a servant of Jesus Christ. And we're living for him, by him, and through him every single day. Amen? Amen. Number two, excellence in everything is not results-driven. As followers of Jesus... We have to stray from the ideals of this world because this world only cares about the end result. All they care about is what they're going to get. It's, oh, I'll do that, but what am am I getting? What what are you going to give back to me? Oh, I'll take this job, but I need to know all the perks. I got to know the package because that's all that matters. No, no, no. See, when we are called to give everything as believers, as followers of Jesus— It's no longer about the end results because we already know the end result and that's eternity in heaven. And there's nothing greater than that. And so we have to live our lives saying, God, I don't care what people give me. I don't care what I have to do because I'm gonna live for you. I'm gonna do it for you. And it's not supposed to be easy. Let me just tell you that. It's not. I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. I, I know whenever I write a message, it's usually to me first because I have to take care of my heart before I can bring it forth before anyone else. It's hard. This is tough. We want to receive those things. We want to be in a place where we're getting stuff, but we have to be able to humble ourselves and say, God gave me everything. God, you gave me your son. You took my place. So that's all that matters. So I'm going to live my life fully surrendered, giving everything in excellence, knowing that you did the same for me. I think that's why the church is so important as an example to this world. Because 
I'm telling you right now, when there are churches that are growing and flourishing and just exploding because people are coming to know Jesus, it's not about the pastors. It's not about the worship team. It's about the people in the church who are willing to say, I don't need anything. I just want to serve. I just want to see people come to know Jesus. I want to see people's lives changed the way that my life was changed. When we can take on that mindset and adopt and just take hold of the fact that being a servant of Jesus on a Sunday is not just for Sunday, but it's every single day saying, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Why don't you come see what we're about because of how incredible the saving grace of Jesus truly is? Quite simply, excellence in everything is spelled faithfulness. Faithfulness. How many know that when we are faithful servants, God will always pour out everything that we need exactly where we're at. And I'm not talking about these visible things, but God is always going to give us the strength that we need. He's always going to give us the peace that we need because he is always enough. And those end results, they can't matter. Not they shouldn't matter. They can't matter. Because regardless of what happens at the end, it's showing, man, I was faithful. I was giving everything that I had because the only thing that mattered is the name of Jesus was made famous. That's it. It's all about Jesus being glorified. It's all about Jesus' name going forth. It's all about his will being done. And when we are living in excellence, his will is always done. And finally, as uh, Alex comes back up, wherever he is at, uh, number three is this. Be excellent in everything that you do because you represent the King of Kings. Be excellent in everything that you do because you represent the King of Kings. This means standing firm. It means working hard. It means giving your best effort, relying on the power of your Savior rather than your own strength. It's time to stand up as the church, the body of Christ, and say, I'm going to give everything. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to honor God in everything that I do. When it gets tough, when it gets difficult, that's okay, because I'm a child of God. That's okay, because I am a child of God. When I get tired, that shouldn't matter, and it doesn't matter, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. We don't have to worry about getting to the point of exhaustion because Jesus is always there to lift our heads. When the results aren't what they they should be, when they aren't what we think we earned, that doesn't matter. No worries, right? Because the Bible says that we are co-heirs with Christ because we receive the gift that God gives his son because of the cross, And so we don't have to worry. We don't have to to doubt. We don't have to struggle because God looks at us with favor. He shines his face upon us. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit going forth, going before us, showing us the way. So that means that in our workplace, we can be the most creative We can be the most innovative. We can be the hardest working. We can be confident knowing that what we are doing is putting a smile on the face of God. Not on your boss, 
not on your coworkers, on the King of Kings. That's all that matters. And so we got to stop making excuses for ourselves, right? We got to stop saying, ah, I just, I don't have a desire to do that because it just, it goes nowhere. No, it does. It does. Because people see it. People take notice. And whether they agree with it, whether they want you to do it, that doesn't matter because you are giving your all. You're saying, God, be glorified because I want to give excellence because you gave me everything. And so as we, we close this morning, just take a moment. Just take a moment and think about what it is that maybe you need to work out a little bit. Maybe you need to look at it and say, you know what, I'm not giving my best in that situation. I know for me, it's in everything, literally everything, that I'm not giving my best. But I'm going to work at it. I'm going to say, God, here I am. I'm going to humble myself and say, use me. Give me the strength. Give me the courage that I need to stand up and say, this isn't about the people around me seeing what I'm doing, but this is for an audience of one, the audience of heaven, because that is the only thing that matters. Will you close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment? Maybe that, that's you. you. You feel like you're in that place where you, you kind of get to the point where you just kind of give a little. You just give some. But you know that you know that you know that God wants your best. And so if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand on the count of three because that's just showing God, hey, I'm here. I want to give you my best. I know it's not going to be easy. I know I'm not going to do it perfectly, but here I am surrendering to you knowing that I'm going to give everything that I can to honor you in excellence. One, two, three. My hand is up too. Jesus, you are all that we need. You are everything. God, would we have your mind? Would we look at situations? Would we look at circumstances and say, I cannot wait to honor and glorify you in this. I cannot wait to give everything that I have because the name of Jesus will be made famous. God, I pray that you would be with every single person that raised their hand and even the people that didn't, that we would have the courage, the strength, and the wisdom to stand firm, to go forth and give everything that we have in excellence because that's what you require of us. Because as servants of Jesus Christ, we are able to be your hands, to be your feet, to love on people, to encourage people, to show people who you are by being excellent in all that we do. So God, go before us. Give us strength. Give us wisdom and help us to honor you every single day in all that we do. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.